Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, in the place to be, the K-I-N-G. And the only place for you to ever be is right here rocking with Thinking Outside the Long Box. Because this is the podcast of them all. The Russians are finally gone, so we can do a regular-ass intro. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan Doyle and Gabe, but not Tim, because he's a bitch. That's classic. That is classic. Tim bitch. Tim bitch. Saw you not pause it right there. <laughs> Tim sucking dicks, being a bitch. <laughs> no, it makes sense that he doesn't want to spend the night. Though. Oh man, morning well, recording he's works. session. Yeah. He works right. Yeah, I mean technically anybody else too. took work off or anything. <laughs> I agree. Hey, hey, hey. I agree. No, with he you. really can't. Like. He has a hard time getting time this is, off. This is recorded, right? Yeah, yeah, we're recording. So right I don't now. talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> he's got repressed feelings. I don't believe it's harder than my, than my I'm probably not but like he's he definitely has to like it, fill out forms or it's something. weird because I feel like we've been planning this for a long time and I feel like almost at any job if you're like a month or two out they're gonna give you a day off well, like, <laughs> but he also hey, we do love you too but just <laughs> he also didn't know it was happening this weekend he's like so I know intentionally fucking... out of the loop with it so that's like, yeah. alright I was like you'd know if you just read up a little bit <laughs> No, All right. no biggie. Morning recording session. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. I'm feeling good this morning. I know. Welcome to Thinking Outside the Long Box. I'm Gabe. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. And uh, we are on day two of our photo shoot. Yeah. So you're getting to hear us in the morning instead of in the evening. Uh, I am probably slightly less stoned than I was last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely less stoned than last night. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were like... I haven't smoked weed in a long time. You were out of it too, and it was really funny. Ninjing a chair to death. I twisted. My ability to ninja is very small. (laughs) Last night you were claiming you had massive swiftness. That's true. Oh yeah, I mean from like just but it's really over the point of like two to three seconds, that's it. (laughs) I feel like a lot of it has to do with gravity more than anything. That's all you need is two to three seconds. Just the utilization of one's skills. I have a very particular set of skills. (laughs) I fall down the stairs really fast. I will find you. I will squish you. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, so this episode, we're going to be talking about the color out of space, which I've been told I need to enunciate, because when I say it just normal, it sounds like I'm saying Colorado space. Yeah. So I was like, what's Colorado space? Yeah, that's what Mel said, too. She's like, what's Colorado space? I'm like, no, color out of space. And then she goes, you're saying it wrong. She's saying the color of outer space is how you're supposed to say it. I was like, no, 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 no. no. no it's literally called the color out of space. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, you're saying that stupid. So stop saying it so fast. She's like, be sure to. You're enunci-. still wrong. She's like, be sure to enunciate it or no one's going to know what the fuck you're talking about. Coming to me with that nonsense. <laughs> so. Uh, 
Nicolas Cage. Yes. And a lady whose name I don't remember, because I know you don't have it looked up because oh, your shit. computer's not even open. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let's do that. It's I want to take say, a little bit, though. I want to say technically this came out in 2019. I think so. But like its availability exploded uh, in 2020. It's available on uh, Shutter for sure as a Shutter exclusive, and then I think it's also on Amazon Prime. What does that word "exclusive" mean if it's also somewhere else? So it originally was only on Shutter for about six months. Gotcha. So, um, and Shutter does that a lot, where they'll keep something exclusive for like three to six months, and then it'll show up like a bunch of other places, um, which is kind of cool because I have Shutter, <laughs> <laughs> so I get to watch some of these movies before you know. If you a get A and W on Amazon Prime, it includes Shutter. Annie, you mean? I was yeah. like, I thought you were talking about food again. And they give you root beers. <laughs> Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> There's my shutter gallon of root beer. <laughs> Monthly gallon of root beer. All of the Monthly? All of the A&W programming you can handle. Oh, shit, that's funny. Cheese curds and hamburgers. It comes with a schedule attached to it. <laughs> Monthly gallon of root beer seems accurate for like a subscription service. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It, it won't last a month. No, you're lasts probably like about two days. <laughs> Especially for Main W, their root beer is fucking amazing. Uh, you know whose root beer I really like? That a lot you know what place we're close to? Is JB's. We are very close to AW. Literally a walks away from AW. <laughs> Just within WAP. Color Out of Space is a 2019 American science fiction Lovecraftian horror film directed and co-written by Richard Stanley based on the short story The Color Out of Space by H.P. Lovecraft. It stars Nicolas Cage, Jolie Richardson, Madeline Arthur, Quorlanky Kilcher, and Tommy Chong. Hopefully I said that name right. Yeah, you this said is, Tommy Chong, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Stanley's first feature film directed since his firing from the island of Dr. Moreau in 1996. Jesus. According oh, to Stanley... Is he the one that was directing the Val Kilmer travesty island of Dr. Moreau? Uh, I, I don't know. Let's ju- Yes. Oh, yes. man. That movie's terrible. And then he got fired from it. Probably because he was making a good movie would be my guess. <laughs> According to Stanley, it's the first in a, it's the first film in a trilogy of Lovecraft adaptation, which he hopes to follow up with an adaptation of the Dunwich Horror. Hmm. Hate Windows Ten. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. It's a bit. So, so Doyle, you are familiar with Lovecraft. If you were to make Color Out of Space, Color Out of Space, and Dunwich Horror, what would you make after that? Uh, I, that, I really just because I want to see it, and I don't know how you do it successfully, but I really want to see Into the Mouth of Madness. Like at, a very, at the Mountains of Madness. Yes, at the Mountains. I always say yeah, that. Mouth of Madness is a real yes, movie already. I know. Uh, <laughs> do they make? Do, do those have anything to do with each other, or is he mm-hmm. just doing three trilogy adaptations that are kind of separate? So probably like ninety-five percent of H.P. Lovecraft's work is tied into its own singular universe. Mm, okay. Like it all revolves around the same like deities that are like from prehistory. Uh, and are not really deities. They're like creatures from outer space that once dominated the earth uh, and humanity. Some and, of them are deity-like, as in they like represent certain. 
Well, like like base, like Yig is like the snake god and stuff like that. But I think more of that has to do with their form than their actual like rulership over snakes. You know what I'm saying? Like Yig is the snake god because he's a giant goddamn snake. (laughs) But so so their shared universe is like a really big thing, and like. With the exception of, like, Robert Howard, who uh, created Conan, um, those two... (laughs) You said Robert Howard, and I instantly thought Ron Howard. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Those those two probably were some of the first people to create, like, truly shared universes. Like, because... Robert Howard had like Conan, but he also had like Brand McMore, who is like wasn't in. necessarily designed to be shared. I don't think. I don't think they they ever were though. Like I think they just wanted to tell stories in the same universe. I don't think they were ever like let's do this because it's gonna be really cool in no, the no, future. No. I I that's one hundred percent true. Like they just wrote it and they expanded right. The history. Right. Uh, Conan Conan for sure was intentionally developed that way. Because he like drew maps and like wrote histories and stuff. <laughs> like he went he went full full Tolkien. on J.R. Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he developed languages and stuff, but like he he went full token on it. But like um but Lovecraft, I think he started out by like just adding like similar elements to some of his stories and then like he really developed the mythology of his world pretty 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 intensely, like. Did you just say Tim is such a bitch? No, Windows Ten. <laughs> Windows Ten. I was like, man, why did we get on Tim again? <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> My computer My doesn't computer work. work. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even use this piece of shit. Russians fucking in the basement. Petrie <laughs> <laughs> won't stop jumping on stuff. Yeah, totally this just attacked my Tim's fault. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. So I, I would love to see an at the Mountains of Madness movie too. And there's been a lot of talk that Guillermo del Toro was going to do one, and it just kind of comes and goes. Seems, I like his seems style like the right when guy he's doing me. his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's not doing somebody else's big time movie, I like his own style. I don't know if that sounds right to I you. I love Hellboy. Both yeah. of the Hellboys. I love Hellboy. I love I'm Blade 2. I'm not saying they're they're bad. I just like it better when he's doing Guillermo, de, Guillermo del Toro. Wow, that's Spanish. I can't even say fucking right. <laughs> it's because it's like Spain's Spanish. No, just kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like it better when it's him. That's that's his shit, you know? It feels yeah. more Toro-y. <laughs> That's fair. I like I like this movie a lot. Like this is a really really good adaptation of a Lovecraft movie. I enjoyed it, and that shit's hard to do. Like, because this movie's been made before. Like, oh. there's there's a Color Out of Space that came out in like the seventies. You should look that up, uh, and it is awful. Like, it is really not good. Because largely because I don't think there's any way to do the effects for this movie really correctly. Because like how do you you just use camera filtering back in the day to create like that color scheme. Yeah. Whereas with this they can like overlay like moving swirling color in after effects. So it says it's been adapted to film several times. Once in sixty five called Die Monster Die. 
in 87 called The Curse, in 2008 called Color From the Dark, uh, 2010 The Color Out of Space, and then 2019. So the one I'm thinking of is Die, Monster, Die, which is a fucking god-awful movie. (laughs) I'm sure somebody absolutely adores it, but fuck, that movie's bad. I don't know. This is this is probably one of the better Lovecraft adaptations that I've seen in a movie. <clears throat> oh, definitely. I think so. Like At the Mouth of Madness is like not a direct adaptation, but it's probably like the second best. Yeah, probably. There's not a, there's not actually a ton out there of pure adaptation. No, there's a ton no. of like stuff that like was obviously yeah. influenced, but like Event Horizons very clearly influenced by his work. Even Hellboy, which I, I Hellboy don't know the comic for sure is, is for sure. Yeah, it is, is it? big time. I just never have heard him say it or not, but like the BPRD fights effectively oh, yeah, like that's true, like yeah. in the whole um Hell on Earth story arc. 86% critic score. Not surprised. 82% audience score. Yeah. It's fucking good. If you're even if you're not familiar with H.P. Lovecraft's I'm work, not. like it's a creepy ass fucking movie. Like So this film there's not there's really no answers to it. There's not really what I would call like a th- thorough like storyline to it. <clears throat> but I loved it. It was the the it's it has what I think the lighthouse doesn't have is just vibrant crazy colors. There's some cool fucking monsters that are thrown in cuz that's what I thought was happening in the other movie. And the Nick Cage is in his fucking world when he's acting insane, <laughs> but you but like normal insane. Like yeah. like oh, meet my family and you're like, "Buddy, you're fucking nuts." Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I figured out something because I watched this a few months ago and I think I talked about it on the show. I talked about how there's these moments in the movie where Nicolas Cage uses this really weird accent. Yes, I I noticed it and he slips in and out of it. He slips in and out of it. I figured out what that is. Very early in the movie, he talks about how like him and his wife are talking about how they're oh, no, we're becoming our parents. Like a total conversation normal people have. And he says, I can hear my dad's voice saying to me, you'll never succeed, blah, blah, blah. And he uses that accent. That's his dad, like, talking through him. Mm -hmm. It's like that negative inner monologue that, like, some of us have, like, from when our parents were mean to us or we were in an abusive relationship or whatever. So that inner negative inner monologue is coming out through that accent, like as a differentiation, like it's actually really smart filmmaking and it's not just Nicolas Cage being totally batshit crazy. I just thought I was hearing him wrong a lot. Me too. And I thought he was just slipping in and out of a weird accent. (laughs) The first time I saw the movie, I was like, I don't know why he's doing it, but it's it's fucking amazing. Like, and now that I know why he's doing it, it makes it even more amazing. Like, it's <laughs> this movie's way, way better, way more well crafted than most horror movies are. Like, this is the kind of horror movie that ends up going on to be something that people watch over and over right. and over again because there's tons to dig into. There's 
incredible concept. So you're talking about how there's like not a huge like explanation of what's going on, but having watched it twice, they actually drop ideas about what's going right. on from beginning to end right, of right, the movie. Right. And like, Tommy and Chong, I think, it helps narrate that kind exactly, of explanation. Yeah. He, he does. It's just not, like I said, going into it, especially because I didn't know eventually they're hoping to make a trilogy out of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into it, I always expect, unless I know that, I always expect we're going to have probably some kind of beginning and maybe some kind of resolution. And the ending kind of resolves it like shit went crazy and it, well, it's almost like apocalyptic Mad Max all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Right. Which I think I think it's cool if you can, if you can change the the narrative of the next story to be like not so colorfully mm-hmm. and it's more mad mad like how do we survive now i think that'd be cool but i just like i said for me the story didn't matter because everything else held itself up so high that i forgot about it i forgot that we i don't it's just one night and we don't really know what the fuck's going on and it's just cool looking one is it like one night? Like, there's definitely. I don't know. It, it kind shit. of, yeah, yeah. It like, kind of felt like it was one night to me. There's all sorts of like crazy. Like, it's instantly nighttime. It's instantly daytime. Right. Like, they don't know what's going on. Like, and that's that's all leaning into like that Lovecraft style of writing, where like it doesn't really have to be connected because everybody in the story is going crazy, right? And what's interesting is, like, so the plot device that's used for probably, like, 60% of H.P. Lovecraft's stories is either a guy is writing a letter to somebody else about what he experienced or somebody finds, like, a journal of, like, mm-hmm. the experience. And this movie um, or this this piece of short fiction revolves around – a the scientist writing letters back and forth with somebody about what happened and what he discovered happened in this area because he didn't like experience it firsthand he's like going back and then right. all this other crazy shit happens so it's interesting to me that like that character isn't the narrator in this movie like he's in the movie and right. he experiences it and he's kind of meant to be the stand-in for you like you're the person from the outside that's kind of experiencing all this but there's no it doesn't rely so heavily on like the normal HP Lovecraft trope which doesn't adapt to film very well because a story about people writing letters to each other (laughs) isn't an exciting movie. Like it can be, but it's not, you know, the notebook game. I know that's what I don't don't know. I've never seen, I've never seen that movie by the way. I have no idea. It's good. Is it? Yeah. My wife forced me to watch it. And at the end I was like, wow, that was actually way better than I anticipated it being. But I don't know, man, I'm, Beyond impressed with this movie. Like, I can't wait to see what that dude comes out with next. I think what I've noticed, and I I said it earlier, though, is that if you're not going to give me a story, you better be bringing something else that's really fucking cool. And that fucking spider, fucking crazy mom-son amalgamation was... Like, it it was not something I expected. I thought they were just going to die. They were going to absorb each other, and they were going to die. And then all of a sudden, the daughter turns around, and I was like, whoa! Yeah. Like, it was scary. That was a... 
a time where you build up and not you see a lot of crazy shit happening but nothing has really like scared you cuz up to that point they're kind of melding together and it's really fucking weird and kind of creepy but it's not really scary mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get attacked by something and that that pulls me out it's like holy shit yeah. like it's cool i like i like that it's great the scene where he's like receiving the information like the transmission or whatever and he sees their planet like he's flying out over the vista of like their planet, and you can just see the, all the tentacled creatures and shit. Was it their like, planet, or was it just another planet that was like wreaked by havoc by the either color? Or like yeah. I'm not sure, because it seems like it's something that these creatures have done many times. And the way it ends, like we've put a reservoir over this, and now it's so now that infections just leaking into the water kind of thing yeah. is is great because that kind of like the earth soon will be destroyed that insidious creep of like you know insanity and horror is what lovecraft's fiction right. relies on is this this notion that it's happening like all these things are happening just in some backwoods area so it's not as prevalent as you would right. think and so it's slowly like spreading out. Like it's it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, there's a reason the dude is lauded as like a as a fiction writer, even though he was racist as fuck. Like, <laughs> he was <coughs> accurate to period. Yeah, for sure. He definitely hated Eskimos for some reason <laughs> and penguins. He was fucking terrified of penguins. <laughs> Well, they're kind of weird. Yeah, but not yeah. like not the level of horror that he experiences with penguins. Sure. It's a little bizarre. A little. That's a weird bizarre. For those of you not familiar with, with Lovecraft, there is an essay that he wrote called Supernatural Horror in Literature that I highly met, recommend reading because it definitely – deals a lot with how the themes of supernatural can be used in literature to like express other ideas. And it is genuinely one of the most interesting reads you will ever have about just literary analysis. And just putting this out there in the world, somebody with a voice that doesn't make you want to slowly slit your wrist Needs to record H.P. Lovecraft's work. Oh, so people right. Because every time I listen to it anywhere, it's like this guy trying to be super dark for no reason and slow yeah. and British. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just want some, like an actual voice actor that doesn't suck yeah. to attack this. Because it's like a lot of meaty ideas and it's words. Me- and like to just sit down and read like his works. It's hard. It's hard. But you can read – I mean they're all short stories. So you can just read it in little chunks. You know what I really like but. is – so I'm listening to – I have no time I've found to read, actually read. And so I've been listening to uh, Scott Sigler's uh, – the, the, I think they call it the Generations Trilogy. I talked about it briefly not too long ago. Um, but the, the audiobooks that he has versus the audio – like some of the audiobooks I've listened to is just a dude reading the book. It's just a dude talking. His has like sound and effects. His has and sound effects and his has like 10 different actors yeah. and they're like actor actors. And that's – it's it, it's essentially like I'm watching the movie without being able to see it, which is still really cool. Right. And so I, I can get behind that. I, I can't listen to somebody just reading me a story. It's, it lulls me to sleep. The one um, – Originally, Scott Sigler did all that himself. So yeah, there's yeah. Like the they ro- made a podcast out of yeah, some the of that rookie, shit. The rookie podcast where he basically read 
uh, his space football stories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm, I think I'm going to r- listen to next. You will absolutely fucking love those because I know how much you like football and I know how much you like yeah. science fiction. It's going to be awesome. Team Titties and Beer is about to go five and one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he... The, the way he originally did that was actually kind of revolutionary as like a podcaster. Like he he kind of invented that genre of read your story, sound effects. Like he would do a lot of like voice effects over right. his words so that he would sound like a robot creature or a lizard creature or whatever. It's cool. It's really I, and that, cool. I, it's it's like the I can't I it, I feel like I'm in bed and my mom is reading me a book or something. That's Scott, it's Scott weird. Scott Sigler's podcast got me through working at State Farm for three years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never heard of him until we until Marika until Denver Comic Con that when she yeah. was like, "Oh, you guys should go get his book." Why well, insisted that, that we interview him? As yeah, soon as yeah. I knew. Yeah, and that fucking book was I. I literally in California, I read ninety percent of that book That's when awesome. we went to San Diego Comic Con that year, and I was it was I was sucked in. Yeah, That's awesome, man. I I fucking love that. That guy. Fucking love that guy. I love H.P. Lovecraft, too, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie was awesome. I got nothing bad to say about the movie. It was really cool. The The effects were cool. The, it sounds like he's a first-time director. Like, he did a good job. Well, Nick, I mean, second time. Well, one and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I, almost, I almost would rather see his version of Island of Dr. Moreau than what they came out with. Like, yeah, I don't know because I, I'm almost positive he was making some fucking insane body <laughs> horror movie. Like if it was anything like this, you know, it was just completely batshit crazy, and the studio was like, "Uh, no, I don't think we can film this." <laughs> what do you mean you want to have animals fucking people? <laughs> Seems a bit weird. <laughs> we would prefer an R and not an <laughs> NC-17. <laughs> no, uh, two big thumbs up for me. Two big thumbs up for me. For sure. Are we wrapping up? Is that what I don't happening? know. No, I'm just getting oh, okay. put in. We've been going for 26 minutes. Oh, okay. But say what you need to say. Say your piece, sir. Well, no, I, d- I did. We can go around. You give it two thumbs up. Yeah. What about me. it makes you give it two thumbs up? Like I said, it, it, in... In it, what what this does, especially now that I'm, I'm I, it sounds like we're getting two more movies. It is it actually makes me more excited to watch the next movies because I didn't really. There's not really a full story in the first movie, and so if that was just it, like the lighthouse, if it was just ah, oh, that's it, no more, and I'm I don't have I don't really understand it and get it, then I'm just like ah, oh, fuck, I'm not a fan. But this gets me more excited because you get to learn more, and I like monsters like that's a that's a big part of of what i thought was cool about this the effects were amazing the color was fucking crazy vibrant anytime it came on screen and it's Mm -hmm. just i i just enjoyed it it's just hard the the visuals was probably my my favorite thing and nick cage plays a crazy person to the t and it's like hard to express that like a color has like infected a place. And see, I just assumed it was a monster who happened to be a certain color, and that's just kind of my assumption. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, so, like, it, in the, in the story, like in the short story, it explains it a little better. That like the color, like that kind of overarching filter. You know what it's a lot like. You know how when you wake up and the smoke from the wildfires is really bad and mm. everything's orange oh, yeah. or like golden? That's how it's explained. Is just that there's like this intense like 
color that's like unexplainable. Like it's pink, but it's not pink. Like right. it's purple, but it's not purple. And like, it brings these cool monsters with it. Yeah. Even the cool little fucking pink purple bug thing I thought was really cool. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot and, of crazy and shit it, in this movie. And it's cool because as you go through the movie – outside starts changing it starts turning more yeah. vibrant and you that that's something that you hope everybody would notice you know he put it there on purpose and you i think it took me a couple scenes of them being outside to be like oh fuck something's going on out there like yeah. it's weird but it looks beautiful it's, it's just a, lot, a cool looking movie in a lot of ways it's kind of like annihilation that way where there's like this area where like things are changing and like there's no control over what right. that is like it's just an infection, and like the color seems to be what spreads the infection. I thought he I'm pretty was, sure that's what's going on. Yeah. I, I thought the apples and the tomatoes were bad. Like I thought he was going to bite it, and something was going to come out of it. But then it was just him being crazy. They just taste. Well, they just taste bad. Too. <laughs> uh, uh, do they though, or is he just fucking crazy? Because he didn't let anybody else taste them. <laughs> I think they just taste bad. <laughs> okay. Because they have whatever it is inside. Well, of he them. complained about them never coming out right, though. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it was just him being it's crazy because possible. of something that he has never been right for him, even though he thought because they were fucking ginormous. Was he using the dad voice when he talks about it? Oh, I don't know. He might oh, have been. Fuck, I don't I'm remember. Have to watch this movie a third time, <laughs> man. Like. I thought it was just him being crazy. I just was like, oh, fuck. Because, like I said, at first I thought he was going to bite into it and then shit was going to come out of it or something. Right. And then he just started acting crazy and throwing him in the trash. And I was like, ah, it's just him being crazy. So I'm going to come back to you, Doyle, because you're working on your computer. But I'm going to give my two thumbs up. And I think one of the main reasons why I give this two thumbs up is H.P. Lovecraft's fiction, for me, stands up over, like, repeated scrutiny. There's, like, always something else inside of it that I haven't read or, like, I've read it, but I didn't, like, click or I didn't understand it. Or there's something else in it every time I read it that makes it continue to be creepy and continues to make it, like, unsettling and weird. And this movie's doing that. Like, I've seen it twice. I want to watch it a third time. And there's, like, layers to the ideas that you can just keep going into. Like, there's more and more to the movie, like, the more and more you watch it. And there's not a lot of movies like that. And that's really, really awesome to me. Like, I fucking love this. I would have loved to see more Tommy Chong because he seemed like one of those crazy dudes that knew everything. (laughs) (laughs) Wait till you like, incidentally, guys, we got the chance to interview Tommy Chong, which you may or may not have heard already. I'm not sure. But if you you haven't listened to that interview and it is out, go back and listen to it. Uh, What's cool is listening to him talk about how this role appealed to him literally because of the bigger ideas in the movie, like those universal crazy concepts. He doesn't do a lot of movies like this that I know of. This is He says this is the literal only horror movie he's ever done. Oh, wow. And I, <laughs> Except for Evil Bong, of course. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is a trauma movie and is technically probably a horror movie because the bong is evil, but also it's very funny. Um, like you know, Tommy Chong had something to do with this movie? Tommy Chong's the crazy guy in the woods. Yeah. Oh, no, but sorry, I thought you meant beyond that. No, no, he's just an actor in it. Like, the other thing that was awesome to hear him talk about is he 
I asked him, you know, is it different acting in a horror movie than in a comedy film? And he said, no, the goal is the same, except for instead of laughs, you're going for screams. Like, and I thought that was really cool. And then and he, he, he and literally then he just pl- dispensed wisdom on me for like an <laughs> hour, dude. Like, <laughs> he, he played the, I mean, his, aside from probably not seeming high, um, he played the same dude. You know, he didn't do jokes, but he played the same kooky old man that yeah. just rants about shit, you know? Yeah. And I could see Cheech and Chong ranting about aliens now, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not, it doesn't have to be funny, but I see that character doing it. Yeah. And that's what was cool about it. He just, he plays the role perfect. And, and yeah. like I said, he played almost the narrator part of like, they've been here the whole time and, you know, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It was really cool. He definitely has like an important exposition part that like helps you fully understand what the fuck is going and on. And it's beautiful because he's not even on screen. He's dead. Yeah. It's just his voice. I forgot to ask <laughs> if that's him sitting there. Oh, in makeup? Yeah. Like <laughs> that would if be crazy. Just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why it would be, but it seems like it would be something <laughs> he would want to do, you know? Let me just sit there silent. <laughs> <laughs> Would it, I can see that. What that did you think, Doily? Cool, by the way, yeah, I liked the movie quite a bit. I watched it the first time, like, right when it came out, and mm-hmm. then again, I, it holds up too. Like if you're watching it a second and third time, like I don't know, there's like weird little shit that's happening that you can definitely get out of it. Obviously, like everybody said, it's kind of they kind of tailored Nick Cage's role to Nick Cage, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this movie ever like turns a corner, and you know it's around that corner. Even if you know the story, because it's like, what the fuck's this going to be? The fuck's that going to be? Yeah, that that's for sure. Fucking like, weird alien shit. <laughs> even even being familiar with what's actually happening in the story from reading the fiction, it definitely continues to be like surprising. Yeah. Like, and that's that's really cool. Yeah, I don't. I I. I I turned the corner at the alien shit. It made me fucking excited. Like, I just, I didn't think that uh, we were going to get monsters. I thought it would just be kind of infections, crazy shit would happen. People's skin would fall off or something, you know what I mean? And then you get monsters, and I'm like, yeah, cool. Anytime you hear that it's based on a Lovecraft story, you're going to get monsters. (laughs) Like, just FYI from now on. So be excited for every HP Lovecraft. But I was excited, but I thought it was going to be more like cabin fevery. Where they're just dying and gooping, and you know what I mean? Dying and gooping. I love that. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't seen that movie in forever. It's been a either. minute. I love that movie. Oh, man. Well, it sounds like we all really liked it, Tim. He's a bitch. How'd you feel about it? <laughs> I think it was great. Thanks for asking. Like, <laughs> my sucking asshole hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> on that note, be sure to check us out, TOTLB.com, where you can find links to all of our social media uh, and you can get access to it. Please be sure to comment, write, like, all that stuff on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those different places. We have presence in all of them. Yes. Uh, also, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TOTLB. We appreciate your support. Uh, you get free stuff. You get videos. You get all sorts of other things. Uh, and also, uh, I think the Tommy Chong interview is going to go live there a on little Patreon bit, first a yeah. little bit before so and you might get a little bit of extra before like before and after when I was talking a little bit with Tommy like Ooh. maybe maybe leave the ends of it I can cut. do that yeah. yeah I can do that so that guy was amazing be sure to check out that interview coming out soon or earlier in your I feed think it's one gonna be other. a popular one Adobe your website's hot wet garbage <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's like I need to download a DNG converter to see this kind of file from Fujifilm on here, which is only a fucking Windows problem again. And every time I go to the side that tells me where the adult, it just routes me into like a full menu of all their shit. Doesn't tell me which one it is, and it's like you can pick one to download. I'm like. Fuck, why? Like, <laughs> I it, just I, need the The plug. link literally says, like, Adobe DNG converter download here. Click it. Okay, here's all of our shit. What do you want? The DNG converter. Well, it's not on this page. Uh, Where the fuck is it? Hide and see. <laughs> yeah. Sounds awesome. Thanks, Adobe, for that. Uh, let's see. What's next? That's it. No, it's not. Uh, also, one time, a long, long time ago, there was there was a man. He was tall in stature and short in dick, but yes. he loved midgets very, very much. His name was Michael Kirk, and now he's dead. Be sure to call us on the Michael Kirk Memorial Hotline, 970-573-6148. Tell us about tiny. your Lovecraftian horror stories with Adobe Photoshop, and we will put them on the air. Until next time, I've been Gabe. I'm Doyle. I'm Juan. Bye. Oh, can't say that about Taylor's guy. All right, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> about what? Taylor's guy. I was going to say, do you think Taylor's man has oh, a small Devin? dick? Oh, Devin? Yeah, this. I'll say it. Yeah. De- De- Devin has a small dick? Yeah, all right. All right. I don't know that he does. He just small well, hands. I mean, I would assume. If he has a big dick, masturbating must look really weird. <laughs> <laughs>